everyone. Thank you so much for watching. This is the Go Movie Podcast. My name is Angel. I'm Julius in a car. <laughs> this is a show where we love talking about movies, comics, television, pop culture, and anything that we're passionate about talking about. On this episode, we're going to be discussing who should direct the next Superman movie, two live-action Batman franchises running at the same time, and we'll conclude this episode with a Q&A with our very special guest, Matt Ramos of Soups. First, let me tell you what I love about Matt Ramos before we get into the discussion. I came across his content on YouTube about three and a half weeks ago, and I was absolutely taken aback by his content. Matt Ramos is someone who is here to inform, to entertain, and most importantly, to inspire. And honestly, from my perspective as an audience member from these couple, three weeks, I think he's done more than just that. He's actually had the ability to change lives. And I think Matt is somebody who is probably the best representation of what it means to be a superhero. You, my friend, are a reflection of what those characters mean to us. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman. You are somebody that is a reflection of those characters. Why? Because you're able to lend your hand out to people. You're able to be a friend to all. And you are someone who I think most impressively makes people believe in themselves. So Matt, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it is a pleasure to have you. I think you're a beautiful person inside and out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Matt Ramos, how are you? I'm doing amazing, brother. First of all, thank you so much for those wise words, man. It truly means the world to be able to come on here and just talk with you guys about the things we are most passionate about, the things that light our soul on fire. And I cannot be more fired up to get into, you know, who should direct the next Superman movie. We got two Batman franchises running simultaneously. But this is what this is all about, guys. It's about coming together to bring that energy and talk and express our passions for the things that light our soul on fire in a world that's in a world where we can, there's so much negativity and, you know, it's so it's broadcasted on a national level, but yet we can come together and find the positivity and find the light in all of this darkness during times like this. So thank you guys for having me on. It's truly an honor and I'm ready to go, bro. Let's go. Yeah. This is like earth one angel and earth two angel. Like, <laughs> like, like That was the first thing I noticed when I saw your stuff, uh, Matt, um, just how similar I feel like I know you, bro. Like, I feel like I've met you and watched movies at your house when when it was all dark <laughs> and, it, like, the 82-inch... Like, he yeah. seems like your brother, Angel. Like, it's so uncanny. We're all brothers here, so... That's true. Bro. Straight up. In another, yeah, life, in, a, in another life, you were back there at the premiere for the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Oh, so. man. Oh, man. You know what's crazy? Actually, we, me and Julius went to, we went to the 40th anniversary of Superman the movie in theaters. We actually oh, got yeah. to see that in theaters. So it was our first time watching it. Beautiful. And, oh, my God. Matt, if you ever get a chance to go watch Christopher I'm Reeve there. on the big screen, you better get there. <laughs> you better get Dude. there because you will fly, bro. <laughs> when, I, when, when I hear a Superman movie, in movie theaters. I don't care if it's animated. I don't care if it's, you know, from the 60s. If I hear Superman is in the movie theaters, I will be there. I will be Nick there. Cage? What if Nick Cage is in it? What if Nick Cage is Superman? I'm there. Oh, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm there. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's get started into our first topic discussion here. Let's get started, man. Who should direct the next Superman movie. Now, we're going to discuss this as if Zack Snyder does not come back. So whether you love Man of Steel or not, we're going to discuss this whether he's, he's not coming back or not. So Matt Ramos, what do you think? Who would you like to see direct the next Superman movie? 
So before I get into a couple of different directors that I think could potentially take on or that I would love to see take on the Superman franchise. One, I would just be on my hands and knees, grateful, bowing down to DC for even <laughs> announcing another Superman movie. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. yes. This yes. is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, right before I hopped yeah. on this podcast, I was watching um, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, the animated film that came out. It's on HBO oh, Max. There you go. And this is ridiculous how much this character means <laughs> to the fans, to the people of the world. And we still don't have a certain future for this character. The fans yeah. don't know when it's going to be the when it's going to be the next time that we see Superman in theaters, Superman come to life. And you know, I really started getting super heated about this subject after the season finale of The Mandalorian, where at the yeah. end, of course, we all had that awesome like Luke Skywalker reveal. And over the next couple of days after that episode came out, we all saw just the outcry and the outpour of love, joy, and happiness on social media. The entire world was on cloud nine as this character that meant so much to so many people that was a rock for so many people and showed them their inner strength. That character came back and it happened in the Mandalorian season two. And when I was watching all of this go down, I was watching the world react to this amazing reveal. I was just thinking Superman is this for so many people. Superman is that for me when I'm down and, and I'm down on myself and just life is coming at me in so many different directions. I think, what would Superman do? How would Superman react to this situation? You know, it's, it's so hilarious. I've never actually never told this story before on a podcast, but, um, when I was little, I used to be petrified of getting my flu shots. Like my mom would take me, you know, like two, three times a year to go get my flu shots. And I was terrified of them. Like, kicking, crying, screaming, kicking yeah. the doctor. <laughs> and then, you know, there came a day where I was about to take a shot and I was, I, I took my, I would take my toys with me and I was about to get my, one of my shots taken. And I just looked at my Superman toy in my hand. And I thought if Superman can save the world, if Superman can have the weight of the world on his shoulders, then maybe I can take this flu shot. And that completely cured my fear of getting flu shots. And I've never, I've never gotten scared of really anything to this day. You know, I have, we all have fears. It, it's, it, it's part of life, but looking to someone like Superman countless times to be able to overcome those fears, that is what that character means to so many people. So to just be able to have a Superman movie in theaters is something that I would be, I would die for. I would lose an arm for <laughs> yeah. But now, now when we're talking about directors <laughs> that could potentially take on the franchise, because of course, Zack Snyder, it looks like he's pretty much done after the Snyder cut. So now if DC were to continue the Henry Cavill Superman franchise, a director, I actually, dude, I actually really would love to see this director take on the Superman franchise. Of course, we heard the rumors of JJ Abrams, but man, I would love to see, you know, I, and I get hate for this opinion, but whatever, I'm going to say it. Oh, I would love to see Patty Jenkins take on the character of Superman. And the, reason, and, oh, the reason, wow. and the reason I say that is because Patty Jenkins, with every movie she directs, she directs it with so much heart. We mm -hmm. saw what she, what she did with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, as great as that first movie was, what was most important about that movie was that the symbol of Wonder Woman was put on the big screen. It was brought out to the masses. And now Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is a symbol of hope for so many people. And Patty Jenkins created that symbol of hope because it's one thing to have an inspirational character, but it's another thing to successfully transition that character over on the live action big screen. 
where they become something real for a lot of people. You know, Superman, Wonder Woman, those are, they are those type of characters in the comics and in the animated movies, but it's super hard to transition that over to the live action big screen. You know, Marvel did it so well with the character of Captain America. In the comics, Captain America isn't like that at all. He doesn't have, he isn't, he doesn't have the amount of heart he has in the MCU. And that's why he's such a popular character because he, he's just the, the, the North Star when it comes to morality and, and doing what's right. And he carries that level of heart in his character in the MCU. Now, I think if Patty Jenkins were to helm the Superman franchise, I think she would inject that heart into that Superman character. And she would really create and broadcast the character we all look up to, the character we all know and love on such an amazing, on such an amazing level. Dude, I love everything that you just said. I completely agree with everything that you said. First of all, with the flu shots, for me, my grandma was my Superman because my grandma would tell me, just look the other way and count to 10 backwards to one. And I was like, okay, grandma, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll be strong for you. (laughs) So for me, she was my Superman. And I love that we can look at these characters, right? And we can see reflections of them in real human beings. Like I mentioned at the very beginning, I see that in you. And I'm like, wow, that's what makes these characters so great. And I want to see, I want to see that treatment done on screen. Like you said, Patty Jenkins, she is a wonderful director, not only because she directed Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. I love what you said about those movies. Yes, she infuses the idea of optimism and hope in those movies. And I think that's why they work. I have yet to see Wonder Woman 1984, but I loved the first Wonder Woman so much. I thought it was a great origin. I thought Gal Gadot killed it. But she's also a great director when it comes to directing actors. If you've seen Monster starring Charlize Theron, that is an impeccable film. And it's like, yeah, I would want somebody like that to work with an actor like Henry Cavill who can show his abilities as an actor and become more than just this super being God, but also this superhuman who is such a good person in nature, like you mentioned with Captain America. I love that. And more relatable than uh, I think most people would uh, realize because I think one of the more common criticisms of the characters that he's so he's either too overpowered or he's too alien and in my opinion henry cavill's superman has yet to uh prove those criticisms wrong whereas someone like christopher reeve like come on man that guy not only is he an idol but he is his whenever watching when i was younger i was so much I really loved watching his Clark Kent as much as his Superman, you know, like the cast of characters, the dialogue they were given, the circumstances, even the crazy stuff with the, you know, the, the turning the earth backwards. It's like uh, (laughs) the scenes that build up to the extravagance of those comic oriented uh, endings. Yeah. I think that a director like Patty Jenkins with a great script writer could unleash Superman in that way. Yeah. And another thing that's a great choice. Another thing too, um, Angel, I know that you, you said you didn't see Wonder Woman 84, but that movie is extremely cheesy. There are many different scenes where they're <laughs> cheesy and they're meant to be cheesy. So right. if there's one word to describe Clark Kent, it's cheesy. Yeah, like he, he's a cheese ball. He, yeah, he's just that, that clumsy nerd straight, like straight out of the comics. <laughs> who wouldn't love to see that with Henry Cavill's Superman? Because up to this point in the, in the DC Extended Universe, with Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Justice League. It's like at the end of Justice League, that's when he really became Superman. You know, he didn't really have time to breathe in this universe. He came out to the world, he became Superman, Zod attacked, then 
kicking off right into Batman versus Superman. He was on trial for all of those events. And then he died at the end of the movie. And then he came back. He came back at the end of Justice League. Yeah. So at the end really of Justice League, exactly. At the end of Justice League, now is when he's really Superman. You know, we had such a beautiful, beautiful shot at the end of him just like walking in the streets. And then he hears something and he walks down an alleyway in his Clark Kent attire and he just boom. And then he, yeah. it's like, that was like, that was just like <laughs> such a little, that was such a little taste of what his Superman is capable of. And yeah. now, now this, you know, if they were to do another super solo Superman movie, seeing him in this place now, I just, I would love to see that because that's where we would really see Superman in his true nature, where we usually tend to see him in the animated films, in the comics, in the old Christopher Reeve Superman films. Clark Kent managing, balancing, balancing the secret identity of being Superman and being Clark Kent. And, and really the contrast between both of them, because we never really got to see Henry Cavill's Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. We just, we oh, just got agree. his Superman. I agree because the whole time he's not really sure of who he is. And me as a Superman fan and Julius, all of us as avid Superman fans were like, but the thing about Clark Kent that makes him so special is he knows exactly who he is at such a young age because of Pa Kent and Martha Kent. You know what I mean? So it's like watching Man of Steel for me, it is conflicting because I'm like, oh man, but, but, but Superman knows who he is. He's so, he's so sure of himself and he just wants to influence everybody else so that everybody can be a better person. And it's like, we need to see that. And I think more than ever, we need to have a Superman movie. I mean, I put a tweet out a couple weeks ago where I was like, how do we have m more Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies than we have <laughs> Superman movies with Henry Cavill? I'm like, how is that possible? And no disrespect to Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Well, you know why, though? Because <laughs> of that cheese touch, it spread it. <laughs> the cheese touch. Yeah, oh man, but we need a Superman movie. Julius, who do yeah. you need to see direct a Superman movie? Uh, well, for me, the number one guy to direct a Superman film, a live action modern day Superman film, for me, the number one guy is Brad Bird. Brad Bird, I think, made wow. one of the most, for me, my favorite Pixar film in The Incredibles made one of the best, most underrated animated films with the Iron Giant, AKA a Superman film. Yes. And he's, just, he's a phenomenal director who I think gets it. I think he wants to do a Superman film and just sign him up. Like, I, I, like I'll quote Jesse Pinkman. I love Funyuns, bitch. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it, you know? Uh, Brad Bird, I think he has that, uh, that nostalgic feeling in his vision for like this specific era of comic books, like the golden age and silver age. And that's really uh, replicated in the iron giant. I mean, his, the giant's last words in the film are Superman. Like what? I am so down for that as a movie. Dude. I'm so down dude, for Clark yes. to say that when going up, he probably said that in the end of justice, like when it's like, and then you're Superman, like damn. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I am so down for Brad Bird. I have not seen Tomorrowland. I know he gets a bit of um, uh, crap for that. I haven't yeah. seen that, but I was interested based on the trailers that were released in uh, Tomorrowland, and I just think he could really. I, I would be really interested in how Superman is represented, but also Metropolis and his villains. Yeah, and, uh, Brainiac would be for sure a, a great villain for a Brad Bird Superman film. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm so down for Brad Bird. 
he's Dude, he would be my number that, voice. That's a great pick. You know, for me, I haven't even really like the thing is that again, look, you just said Brad Bird. Like that's someone that you wouldn't necessarily think of right off the bat when you're talking about the ne- people that would potentially make a great Superman movie. Yeah. But then when you put it that way, like it's just like it's almost like a match made in heaven. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing that right now, like for me personally, like I have names in my head of d- different directors, but like they're like really mainstream directors. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the person that I think could really develop the best kind of Superman movie is an underground director like that. Like I think a perfect example is the the Batman franchise. Look what oh, they're yeah. doing. Look what they're doing with Robert Pattinson's Batman. You wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think. All right. If you had to pick one person on this earth to direct the next Batman movie, who would it be? All, none of us right here would pick Matt Reeves. None of us. Like no one would pick pick Matt Reeves because you know he did a, a great job on the dawn on the on the Planet of the Apes franchise. But I don't think he would be. He would have been anyone's first pick. Yet here he is developing an entire universe set around Robert Pattinson's Batman. And really deep down, like I trust Matt Reeves more than anyone over there at DC because he is, he's a fan. He's a fan of the character. He's a fan of the, of the lore. And he's really going to bring this whole universe to life. And that's why the Batman is my most second most anticipated superhero movie in general, because this is a fan behind the project. And when you have a fan who's also a mass, like a master producer, mix that and you, that's, that, that is the equation to success. That is the equation to success. Look at Kevin Feige. He's a fan. He's also a master producer. Mix that together. You have the biggest franchise of all time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Beautifully this said. I mean, the idea of Matt Reeves coming in, yes, exactly. He's not our first choice because that almost seems like too good to be true. But when he comes in and then you look at the rest of his filmography, you know, Cloverfield, Let Me In, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, you start to connect the dots and go, wait a minute. Look at the way he talks about Batman, how he finds similarities between Batman and Caesar. Somebody who is a good person that wants to do good in a corrupted world. Oh, he gets Batman completely. This is going to be sick. Same thing also applies with Robert Pattinson. Nobody thought of Robert Pattinson as Batman. The second he was cast, oh, wait, everything he's done with A24, good time, the lighthouse, the rover. his evolution from twilight wow what an impeccable actor yes there's a right to be so excited for the batman julius i love that you mentioned brad bird yeah because he was on my radar as well brad bird i think is one of the finest directors working today he directed ratatouille he directed mission impossible ghost protocol he directed like you said the incredibles and best example the iron giant which is one of the most underrated animated films of all time and you know yeah. why it's so underrated and why it's so popular amongst fans? Because even though it didn't come from like a major studio like Pixar or DreamWorks, that movie carried such an insane amount of heart. I've never, like watching that movie, man, I've never, I don't think, like it was, I just, dude, I cared so much about the characters. Yes. And that's what you need with a Superman franchise. You need to care so much about Clark Kent, about yep. Kal-El, about Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. dude, that's what has to be injected into this franchise. Yeah, Hearts. Because that's what Superman is. That is all he is. Heart. I am not a weapon. Faced with the kryptonite. You need heart for that. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, for me, that's like the line of that movie. I am Superman. And also, I am not a weapon. It's like, yes, you get it. You get the themes of what this character means. I love both of your guys' choices for these directors. 
this is who I would get to direct a Superman movie. And it's somebody I've been wanting to do it. If it's not Brad Bird, if it's not Patty Jenkins, if it's not George Miller, who did Mad Max Fury Road, you know, who was doing that Justice League movie. For me, I would get director Matthew Vaughn, who is responsible for Kingsman. He's responsible for Kick-Ass. He's responsible for X-Men First Class. And here's why. And I always go back to this scene. Soups, I don't know how long it's been since you've seen Kick-Ass, but I've seen it recently. And for me, that movie has probably the most heart, the most heart out of any recent comic book movie. And here's why. It's, it, it all goes down to this one scene. Kick-Ass is protecting somebody who's getting jumped. And the people who are jumping him say, you would rather die for this piece of crap that you don't even know? And Kick-Ass replies, yeah, I would rather die than you know filming you guys jumping him jumping him i would rather die for this guy who i don't even know and for me that's like yeah that is superman matthew vaughn gets exactly what it means to bring a character like that to life someone without powers you know what i mean so it's like yeah i would love to see matthew vaughn for sure what do you guys think about that choice dude i love kick ass so again (laughs) he's already dipped his toes in the world of superheroes At this point, dude, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take the wa- the Walgreens clerk down the street to direct the <laughs> Superman movie. As long as we get a Superman movie, man, I'm happy. I'm there, dude. I, I just want to see this character on the screen. I know, like, right? DC, DC's out here doing Plastic Man, Static Shock, <laughs> Batgirl, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited. Not really, pla- plastic, not, 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 not really for plastic. Not really for plastic. That'll be my movie. <laughs> but bro, where is Superman? I know, Your greatest character. Superman? Yeah, it's so crazy. Like you own Superman. You Superman. What is wrong with you? Like, I tell, look, the second that they announced a Superman movie, I don't know if you've seen my reaction to Luke Skywalker, but my reaction to an bro. announcement to Superman would be ten times that, dude. Okay, I've always said this. I've always said this. There are very few movies for me that are an out-of-body experience. Like, it's almost like healing for the soul. Like, I just, like, I barely remember, like, what I even experienced because it's just, like, so, like, it's too much for me. (laughs) Avengers Endgame was one of those movies. In the span of that last hour, I was screaming from the bottom, (laughs) jumping out of my chair, and then two seconds later, I'm sobbing. Like, like if I lost a family member, Avengers Endgame was one of those movies for me. Another one of those movies for me would be Spider-Man three or a Spider-Man movie where we see all three of the Spider-Man come together. We see Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. Yeah. That would be one of those, another one of those movies for me. And then we have Henry Cavill or just not Henry Cavill Superman but a Superman movie in general to see this character return to the big screen and truly be done right where he can be that symbol of hope for all of those kids out there, man. That for me would be like, like I would be just jumping out of joy, out out with joy, bro. Like I would honestly, like I would be crying at that announcement. Just like, sometimes I just, I just dude, this is, this is going to sound really weird. I'm going to sound like a big loser here. But like, dude, sometimes like I'm wa- I'm rewatching like the clips on YouTube, man, and I start crying, like just thinking about like a future for this character. Oh, like, like oh, which man. one? Nah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Like, dude, like seeing like for me when I rewatch Man of Steel, like my favorite scenes of Man of Steel are always the flashback scenes where mm-hmm. Jonathan is talking to Clark 
And, um, you know, Clark is talking about how he wants to be a hero, how he doesn't want to be ashamed of who he is. And then Jonathan is telling him like the world just isn't ready. But then, you know, there comes a point where he has to show up. He has to use these powers. And oh my gosh, dude, I, I love Man of Steel. I think it's one of the most underrated superhero movies. And I just, I love Henry Cavill's Superman. And then when you have an actor that's that good at playing the character, I think we can all agree when, I think we all agree when, when I say that Henry Cavill is one of the best parts of the DC extended universe. So when you have an actor that's so committed to that character and he's been actively saying that he wants to come back, that the cape is still in the closet. He's actually campaigning for certain Superman stories to be told on the big screen, such as Man of Tomorrow. So like when you have an actor that's this passionate about this character, it's almost like they're, they're holding a gun to his head to like do other projects like Mission Impossible, like The Witcher, like who knows, maybe he's going to be the next James Bond. You know, a ton of people have been talking about that and damn, Henry Cavill would be a pretty damn good James Bond. But at the end of the day, he is Superman right now, dude. So it's like, how are you not going to set up a future for this character? Like your universe is falling apart. You're going to use this Flash movie to blow up your universe and I don't know, make whatever changes you want to make. But you don't have to make any changes to Henry Cavill's Superman. That's something that's been established. That's something that the fans have been screaming for. And, you know, props to Warner Brothers for actually doing the Snyder Cut and greenlighting that and actually listening to the fans. And look at the reaction they got on social media when they actually listened to their fans and greenlit the Snyder Cut. Look at how many fans were, you know, pouring out in joy, finally saying like, wow, this company's listening to us. Now moving forward, continue that same formula. Give the fans what they want. And that is how you want, you are going to make money. I promise you, you, you make a Superman movie, throw, bring back Henry Cavill as Superman. People will show up and you will make money. It won't be another birds of prey scenario where birds of prey was a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but no one showed up for that. Cause guess what? Not as many people care about Harley Quinn and the birds of prey than they do about Superman. Agree. hundred percent. We need a new Superman movie. Julius, what do you think about Matthew Vaughn directing it? Uh, well, I mean, a movie that I love by Matthew Vaughn is X-Men First Class, and I think that that movie depicts uh, heroism in the X-Men in a way that it wasn't in the others, where the, the, the ones before it, because the ones before it were definitely uh, more about kind of this like stylistic early 2000s take on being a superhero, kind of, it's post-Blade, so they're yeah. finding their way uh, of... Uh, being superheroes but in the 60s which is when first class is set it doesn't have to abide by any of that because it's the age of when marvel comics started prospering in the way that it's become you know that was a decade of fantastic four the x-men spider-man and all all the characters that we love so i just love that that movie is so that so i feel yeah. like matthew vaughn would be a perfect choice for a Superman film because he gets it. Like mixing almost everything he does with Kick-Ass to X-Men to Kingsman, I feel like it's just the formula to a really great movie about the gold standard of heroes, you know? Yeah. Um, and bring in Nicolas Cage. You know, he was Big Daddy. He yeah, was Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> you know? Call him ass kicked, you know, like that would be great. 
Oh um, man, I I think that would be great. And uh, to add on to what Matthew was saying about uh, just how big Superman can be, I feel like any of our directors have the potential to bring yeah. Superman in the modern light in a way that he hasn't been for about forty years since those Reeve films. Because though I'm not the biggest fan of Man of Steel, I do notice its strengths in terms of the visual nature of Superman. Oh my god, yeah. I feel like if you mixed that, the very epic, uh, the potential of uh, giant set pieces and just these great ideas of grandeur mixed with the local heart of someone from Kansas who was lear- who, who learned great values, who's willing to protect literally everyone. Literally everyone. He's going to go out of his way to protect almost, uh, not almost, literally everyone you know i feel like you could get possibly the greatest superman film of all time the greatest comic book film of all time and that's insane to say because we are getting the batman we're getting (laughs) iron man 3 we've gotten avengers endgame and infinity war before that we've gotten what and the dark knight like we have gotten for decades at this point some of the greatest comic book films of all time I'm not joking when I say Superman needs to be the super the next Superman movie or whatever Superman movie. It needs to be, in my opinion, the greatest superhero film of all time. It should be. There's no reason for it not to be. Come on, Mel. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, I, dude, I, disrespect. I, no, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, um, <laughs> dude, I think they're heading in a great place with with just like kind of like um the scale of Matt Reeves as the Batman. Because even though you have movies like Avengers Endgame, which again, biggest movie of all time, super successful. It's my personal favorite superhero movie, but that is on such a grand scale. And I love how now DC is kind of doing their own thing and they're not saying, oh, I have to copy Marvel now. Not everything has to be on a grand scale where you have to assemble your, ti- your entire universe together. So <laughs> I, would lo- I would love to see like the next Superman movie told on a very small scale, like Matt Reeves is the Batman. That's being told mm-hmm. on a very small scale in the heart of Gotham, where it's him versus another villain that where they have personal ties to each other with the Riddler. Now, you know, if they were to do another Superman movie, there's, you know, there's theories all around that Superman is confirmed that this isn't a theory. Superman is confirmed to exist in the universe of Matt Reeves is the Batman. So if they were to choose to extend that and recast Superman and have Superman exist within the universe, within the universe of Robert Pattinson's Batman, I would love to see a very self-contained story exploring Metropolis, exploring Superman's villains, but self-contained because the beautiful thing about DC that Marvel doesn't have that luxury is that in Marvel, pretty much the majority of their heroes and their universe is stationed in New York city. Whereas in DC, each character of the justice league literally has their own world. Batman has Gotham. Superman has Metropolis, um, Aquaman has Atlantis, Green Lantern has the outer space, Flash has his own city. So each of these characters, um, Diana has Themyscira, each of these characters has almost their own world to them. So now you're, you're going to do the Batman with Robert Pattinson's, you're going to dive deep into Gotham. They're actually doing a show about Gotham to continue to build that universe. That's amazing. Now moving forward, Let's get a Superman movie where it's exploring Metropolis, nothing else, just Metropolis. 
and keeping it in the world of Superman, self-contained, no other heroes, just a, a classic Superman story that focuses on the character of Clark Kent, the identity of Superman, what he means to the people, him becoming that symbol of hope for the people of Metropolis. And starting from scratch, again, nothing, this doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be on the same level of Avengers Endgame in order for it to make money, in order for it to be a successful movie. And mm -hmm. I think now moving forward, I think a smaller scale Superman movie, I think that that would go, uh, it would go way further in terms of just satisfying the fans and really establishing the character in the world and in our culture on the live action big screen than, you know, the, the, the other take, which would be a grand Superman movie where you have all of these characters and you have, you know, the fate of the world is on the line and stuff like that. I love that yeah. you both prioritize how to best serve the story when it comes to this character. I love, Matt, what you mentioned about the flashbacks in Man of Steel. Um, I think that my favorite flashback from that movie is definitely when he saves the kids on the bus because yeah. at that at that moment he's not thinking about what his dad would do, whatever he says. Yeah, no, I have a civic duty to do this. Um, it is in my human nature to save them because that's what hope means. And I love that. My favorite scene from Man of Steel is actually when Henry Cavill uh, as Superman overcomes gravity itself. Because for me, that's the most inspiring scene right there for him to overcome every single obstacle, even the idea of this mass force itself. It's so crazy to me. I think Superman, the fact that we haven't gotten another Superman movie is such a missed opportunity. This to me, Criminal. Is, this to me is the greatest superhero of all time. Me and my brother say it all the time. Spider-Man's our favorite, without a doubt. But there is no debate. Superman right here is the absolute GOAT, and we need to see him on the screen again because we absolutely love this character. You got a hot toy on you? What you got? There it is right there. DCAU. <laughs> Anime series. Anime series. <laughs> oh, man. Me and my brother got a, a Christopher Reeve hot toy. <laughs> Me and my brother got a Christopher Reeve hot toy right now in the room. I got to show you, man. Another Yo, time. I got to show you, man. Is this it? King. Oh, no, that's not it. That's so clean, though. That's King not Reeves. it. Is that Reeve? Yeah. Yeah, that's Reeves. Oh, man. That's so beautiful, man. Yeah. He is the greatest character of all time. I don't care what anybody says. I love your setup there, man. But yeah, what a great discussion on Superman. A question to all our viewers. Who would you get to direct the next Superman movie? And what did you think about our choices? Please feel free to leave your comments in the comment section below. Let's move on to our next topic. And our next topic is Warner Brothers DC Slate includes two separate Batman franchises running simultaneously. Here are the details you need to know before we get into the discussion. DC Films head Walter Hamada laid out an intricate plan that includes simultaneous Batman stories. To make all the storylines work, DC Films will introduce movie audiences to a comics concept known as the multiverse, parallel worlds where different versions of the same character exist simultaneously. I don't think anyone has ever attempted this, Hamada said, but audiences are sophisticated enough to understand it. If we make good movies, they will go with it. The Flash is the film that is expected to set the DCEU Batman franchise in motion with both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton set to don the cape and cowl for that 2022 release and Keaton taking up the franchise mantle. Pattinson's take on Batman will belong to Earth 2. The Batman will not belong to the DCEU, which will have its own Batman saga running concurrently. Matt, what do you think about two live-action Batman franchises running at the same time? Do you think this could be confusing for the general audience? 
Um, no, I think people will get it. I don't think it will be confusing, but I'm not a fan of this take. Um, I'm going to give props to Warner Brothers and the people over at DC for trying something new, but uh, I'm really not a fan. You know, they're literally taking out Ben Affleck's Batman, who I genuinely, I genuinely love. I, I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I love, I loved him in Batman vs Superman. Justice League was just an abomination, so let's not act like that was a thing. <laughs> Thank you. But I love him in Batman vs Superman. So if they're going to have him exit the universe, why not just replace him with Robert Pattinson's Batman? Like, I, even though we have Robert Pattinson's Batman in a separate universe, I still want to see Batman interact with Superman. Batman interact with Wonder Woman. Batman interact with the Justice League. As great as those solo movies are going to be, and don't get me wrong, I really love that they're going just the solo movie route where it's just like him and his own self-contained Gotham City. It's not like on a grand scale, like I said in the past. But at the same time, at some point, I want to see Robert Pattinson's Batman interact with like the lighthearted, optimistic Superman. Of course. So it's just like, why, why, what, Michael Keaton? Really, you're really, you're replacing Ben Affleck with a 65 year old <laughs> Batman. I would don't get don't get me wrong. I would love to see Michael Keaton return for like a solo Batman Beyond movie set like elsewhere, elsewhere. Yes. A single, a single movie, or who knows, maybe an entire Batman Beyond trilogy, but that—that's not looking to be the case. What it, what it, what's happening is that they're they're echoing out Ben Affleck as Batman, and then they're bringing in Michael Keaton. But it's just like, dude, you have Henry Cavill <laughs> in your universe as Superman. You have Gal Gadot in your universe as Wonder Woman. You're gonna t- you're gonna tell me Michael Keaton is gonna stand in there as the third member of the Trinity in that universe? Like, not a fan. I, th- I thought they should have just used Flashpoint as an opportunity to connect Robert Pattinson's Batman universe. Because again, we're getting the Batman. I think the, the release date now is March 2022. Mm-hmm. The Flash movie comes out on the later end of 2022. So you could have still had that solo Batman movie. And then in the Flash movie, maybe at the end, we get a scene of Pattinson's Batman after everything went down. And it's confirmed that it's, it's now taking place in the same, it's all taking place in the same universe i thought that would have been the way to have done it but that that's not looking to be the case because again walter amada is out here saying that they're replacing him with michael keaton's batman and again like how long is michael keaton really going to be around you know the guy is super old and it's not like he's going to be fighting crime as batman anymore or maybe he is who knows who knows at this point turns baby that's it (laughs) but it's like I like. I want to see Robert Pattinson's Batman get to that point. Yeah, like, for sure. Do you see like a best case scenario where, like, if we do get these two takes, do you would you be more open to the idea if Matt Reeves is indeed setting up his own version of the Justice League? I I would be open to that, and I hope that's the case. But at the same time, it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill as Superman? Yeah. You haven't Use even it. casted Green Lantern yet. So, yeah. like, you, you, already, you already have these characters established. <laughs> little, have little, to recast the cyborg. Little girls right now are looking up to Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Exactly. A ton of little kids. I mean, they're not looking up to Henry Cavill's Superman anymore because we haven't seen the damn guy in years. Yeah. I would so, definitely like, say that's a tragedy for sure. Like, if they do 
like make distinct separate universes is that now we're going to have people looking at this wonder woman and comparing it to a possible other wonder woman so it's like i definitely do think it's a it's a tricky situation for and sure we don't know like, exactly what we're going to see dude, yet like they already did it right like out of all the things they did wrong they got wonder woman right they mm. got superman right they got batman right now batman's trying to dip out of the universe so like <laughs> So like there, and Jason Momoa is a great Aquaman too. So like, and that movie hit a billion dollars. So there we have the character, the castings, right? They already have the characters established. So now just follow up with that with good movies. Exactly. Good movies. It. I think that's definitely the key takeaway from this news. Hamada said, if we make good movies, people will go with it. And I think that's for sure. That should be the priority. That's what I look for in yeah. any Marvel DC independent movie. If you make a good movie, that's all I'm worried about. I want to see a good story. So I like their mentality there. If we make good stories, people will get it. Julius, what do you think about two live action Batman franchises running at the same time with Michael Keaton's Batman and Robert Pattinson's? What do you see as the benefits? What do you see as the cons? Um, well, I feel like this is a matter of... Uh, them thinking uh, like we can say that they're trying not to be like marvel but everything they're doing is going to be compared to what marvel did because marvel did it first they did it a decade ahead and then we all know that dc did try to catch up that is a fact we saw that from man of steel to bbs and i feel like that's a very reactionary action to go from your first superman movie in the series to okay now he's fighting batman uh, in my opinion, I feel like that uh, most of their moves were very reactionary to what Marvel was doing. So I was interested in them just making films like, for example, Joker. A Joker movie can exist while Shazam exists, which is nuts to me. So Hamada came out and <laughs> he's talking about how the, the Batman movie is on Earth 2 and that this other DCU, the one we're used to, is on its own Earth. I'm cool with that um, because a I want the I wanted the Batman movie to be essentially the reboot <laughs> because I felt like DC was just falling so like every other month it seems like there's drama coming from that side of it from Earth One there seems to be drama coming from uh, whether it be Amber Heard Ezra Miller uh, Ray Fisher bro, bro, Marie, Marie, Marie's literally said screw this I'm starting a whole <laughs> Y'all can deal with that over there. I'm starting my own universe. Screw this. He I'm said, I'm vengeance. I'm down with that. He's vengeance for, for the fans, I think. The way that the fans have been basically toyed with at this point. I mean, the Flash movie was announced nearly a decade ago. At Bro, this it, point. it was supposed to come out in 2018. Yeah, it was supposed to come out years ago at this point. And it's not going to come out for years. So at this point, I'm okay with a new universe. It, look, if it would be cool to see Robert Pattinson meet up with those, uh, especially since they're established, Henry Cavill and Wonder Woman. Uh, uh, was it, was it, uh, Gal Gadot. It yeah. would be cool to see him. But I'm completely down with waiting. I feel like the Batman will be the Iron Man 1 of that world. And we'll Please. just get a, a flourishing... Uh, DCU, I guess. It's not the DCU. Yeah. Dude, two. honestly, best case scenario, yeah. after just having this conversation, best case scenario is that they use this Flash movie and the world <laughs> just ends. Like, the dude, just blow up the whole thing. 
they blobbed just whole, they blobbed the whole thing. You the, sound like Brainiac right now. <laughs> the Flash movie comes out. The movie ends with like, the Flash will not return. Wonder Woman will not return. <laughs> Superman will not return. <laughs> Aquaman will not return. No one's coming back. And then they and play then, Nirvana. And then <laughs> and then a week and then a week later, you have Matt Reeves have like a Comic Con, his own like little Comic Con panel, and he announces his whole universe with mov- Superman movies, Wonder Woman movies, Aquaman, Flash, Green Lantern. Let Matt Reeves take this whole thing over with his own little universe. I'm down. He's the Kevin Yo. Feige. You, they couldn't yeah. hire Kevin Feige himself. That was a slightly uh, nihilistic twist on Supers, by the way. And uh, <laughs> very much uh, excited to see what he does with the world. I was so shocked when I saw those set photos of a guy in a Superman suit. Like, I was oh, no. ah! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Matt yeah. Reeves, it's what Matthew said, Matt Reeves literally looked at what they did since 2013 with Man of Steel and was like, yeah, let's reboot. Uh, I'm a reboot <laughs> with my bat boots. Uh, I am so, and, and by the way, also, um, I understand why they would recast Batman <laughs> or replace Bruce Wayne's, this Bruce Wayne, because A, uh, Ben Affleck is just done. I mean, I, it's a kind of a miracle that he's coming back for what he's coming back for, you know? Yes. Um, especially with all the, the turmoil that it looked like it, it had over him. Uh, and Michael Keaton, it makes sense. And I feel like those Batman Beyond movies could still happen. I feel yeah. like he'll show up as Batman in this world for maybe a movie or two. And then who knows? Maybe it's the death of, of Michael Keaton's Batman. And then you got to get Terry McGinnis to replace him. And then... there's a new trinity right there i mean it's not what i would it's a mess but it's their mess so that's why i'm going to go to earth too (laughs) and by the way i know that hamada actually designated these worlds as earth one and two that i mean that's a complete like this to the CW, right? Because they, they completely <laughs> established what Earth was one, two, three, yep. four. They had Ezra Miller show up. It's like, hey, hey, so it's canon. Oh, it's not canon. We're going to have to recount. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm interested at least in the Batman stuff. Man, that's hilarious. Soups' idea of ending the DCEU, he really sounds like the Soups in The Boys right now. He sounds like Homelander right now. (laughs) End it all. End it all. But look, for me, this news, I think the significance of this news is really the fact that they want to make good movies, right? So they want to make good movies. The audiences will go with it. I get that for sure. Uh, And also for me, the more the merrier as a Batman fan, um, especially because I loved Michael Keaton as Batman. I love seeing Ben Affleck return. Hopefully we get to see him in an HBO Max series with Joe Manganiello, Deathstroke. I would love to see that. I think that'd be another missed opportunity if we don't get that, bro. Um, I think as long as the quality matches the quantity, then we are in good hands. For me, the multiverse has always existed when it comes to Marvel and DC. Um, Because growing up, I know all of us saw Justice League, Batman, the animated series, while simultaneously you know, growing up with Christian Bale as Batman. And we've never had an issue. A good Batman is a good Batman. A good story is a good story. And I think that's the significance of this. Um, Soups, what do you think about Michael Keaton returning as Batman? Are you excited for that as much as you are excited to see Robert Dam- uh, Robert Pattinson don the, the, the cowl for the first time? What do you think? Um, 
yeah, dude, I'm not that excited. I would have loved to have seen Keaton in the in the Flashroom. I thought it would have been really cool to have seen him in like a as like a, a cameo, like in that movie, and like mm-hmm. give him a fight scene, establish like give him give him a role in the Flash movie. But to have him now come back and replace Ben Affleck's Batman, it's something I'm not really a fan of because again, it's like, are you in or are you out? Are you trying to build this DC extended universe or are you trying to build something else with? the Rob Pattinson Batman franchise or trying to build something, something new. So like, right. what are you trying to do? If you're trying to build this DC extended universe, then having Michael Keenan come in and replace Ben Affleck's Batman, that's, that's obviously um, a step towards building this universe into something new. But then at that point, how is this bat? So what I'm guessing is that we're never going to get to see Batman and Superman ever again. We're never going to get to see the Trinity of the DC universe of that universe Again, when it's just like, bro, it's like New Fifty Two. It's like New Fifty Two, and that was a failed, at, and that was a failed attempt of oh, getting shit. everybody in there. He's mad. You know what I mean? What's that? Like, yo, look at that. We're never Dude. gonna get to see this again, bro. Look at that. Dude, that's gorgeous. That is gorgeous. I love that, man. Yeah, it sucks not to get not to see them again. We 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 want the best for these characters. You know what I mean? Well, not until Matt Reeves does it. Yeah, well, when Matt, that's what's so exciting about that's those set photos. That's what we're going to see it. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping we get to see that. Matt, do you think with those set photos being released, you know, we saw that person in a, in a Superman costume, in a Wonder Woman costume. Do you think that confirms that we will see those characters? Um, I mean, again, they exist in the universe, which is super interesting. So yes. I, hopefully down the line, man, hopefully down the line, we, we get to see them at some yeah. point. Yeah. For sure. I, I think Matt Reeves is the guy, the one to, I think, bring DC back to the standard that we all know it to be, to bring it to DC animation standard, where that is untouchable when it comes to quality. DC animation rules all, I think, in, comes, in terms of comic oh. book lore. I love it. I thought this was a great discussion on the Batman. Now <laughs> let's conclude this episode with our Q&A. This question comes from Twitter, from Twitter user at... Gallegos Reynel, also known as Rose Strange. The question is, what was your favorite movie growing up as a kid? Soups? Dude, my favorite movie growing up as a kid. This is a tough one, man, because I was just, I've been such a movie lover my whole life, and I've loved superheroes my whole life. But um, my favorite movie, I don't think I have a specific favorite movie just because I love so many. But uh, I'll probably have to say the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, man. Like for me, mm-hmm. those movies have just been like a staple of my life. And um, yeah, I've loved those movies with everything, with every fiber of my being. Yeah. Wow. This really does feel like her too right now. Man, yeah. Julius, what is your favorite movie growing up? Uh, I was definitely like a Peter Pan type kid growing up. So I loved the animated film from Disney, and there was this live-action one where it was it had a Jason Isaacs in it, and I, I watched that one. There, and I really loved watching Spielberg's Hook with Robin Williams. Oh uh, yes, I love that film, and I think that it's just fun. It's like what if before what? See, there's the multiverse right there. Like you can't tell yeah. me. Yeah, and there's also uh, a live-action one too with Jason Isaacs. I think as Hook. Yeah, I did, I, a, did I not say that? Oh, did you say that? Yeah, I'm sorry. I probably missed that. Oh, okay. That's also yeah. one of my favorites too, man. Yeah, see, that one was cool. And um, yeah, I I was big into that type of stuff. 
Dude, love those choices. I got to agree with Matt, too. The, the the movie that I loved growing up as a kid is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Um, that is who defined uh, the person that I am today. That is who I always strive to be every single day when I wake up. Um, I do think it is our responsibility to always use our abilities to help others. Uh, I love that movie. It's the movie that got me into cinema as well, that led me into um, art house films, indie films, blockbusters, what have you. It made me love cinema. I love what Tobey Maguire did as Spider-Man. And I kid you not, it, and I've told Julius this too before, if we do indeed see Tobey Maguire on the big screen with Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, for me, that will be the greatest movie ever made, like automatically on paper. The idea of that is the greatest movie to me of all time. And to see Tobey in the suit one more time, I think I will probably die. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will probably die. <laughs> well, Rose Strange, thank you so much for that question. You are absolutely incredible. Moving on to our next question. This also comes from Twitter, at Harrison Jolly 2. The GOAT Movie Podcast is doing a podcast with the real soups. It's about to be so lit. What are your thoughts on the J.J. Abrams Superman movie rumors, Matt? Dude, again, like I said, to get another Superman movie, I'm down, man. I don't care at this point. Just give me another Superman movie. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. I know, right? It doesn't matter who does it. I'm, give I'm us that Superman movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Julius, what do you think about the rumors of J.J. Abrams taking up the mantle? I think J.J. Abrams could do something. I, I'm more worried about the uh, person writing it. That's what I my main... Uh, a deciding factor on whether I'd be really excited or really worried would be because I don't think David Goyer is an appropriate choice for a Superman film just based mm -hmm. on his track record and kind of his attitude <laughs> towards comic books. I feel like you need someone to write the film who could just really <laughs> exemplify the optimism, but not bridge it with na naivete because Superman's yes. not a naive guy. He's not. No, he's not. Like being uh, optimistic is not the same thing as being naive. And I think that's something that needs to be layered in the story. And I think J.J. Abrams could direct that really good script well because he's done it in the past with films like uh, I'm a I'm not the biggest fan of what he did with Star Trek, but I think the the first movie is probably the better one um, of his two. And uh, what, what's another movie he did? Uh, I, I love The Force Awakens. I love Star Wars yes, The Force Awakens. I really love that movie a lot. And I think he could do something really good with Superman. Yeah, of course. I love the idea. If J.J. Abrams was announced, I'd be excited. I'm, I'm there with you guys. If they announce a Superman movie, I'm hyped as hell. J.J. Abrams, I think he's actually a great director. I love what he did with Super 8. I love what he did with The Force Awakens. And I personally love what he did with Star Trek. I think he made it more exciting and exhilarating. And I think he enhanced those I'm relationships of those characters for me personally. And I think what he also does very well is that he's able to have nostalgic factors within his stories that I think older fans appreciate. So I think he will definitely have a lot of into darkness. Yeah. And I think there would be a lot. <laughs> I think there would be a great influence from Christopher Reeve uh, Superman's movie in his. So I would love to see it. Thank you so much, Harrison Jolly, for your question. You are incredible. This is the last question from Twitter. This also comes from at Gallegos Reno. He says, what villains would you like to see in the Matt Reeves in Matt Reeves is the Batman soups and Matt Reeves is the Batman. So obviously we're getting Riddler, but I would love to see the overarching villain to be the court of owls. Yes, please lean, lean into that corruption of Gotham, tie it all back to the court of owls. I think 
Matt Reeves could potentially set them up to be the villain down the line. Like have start start introducing the the elements of the out of the Court of Owls in this first Batman movie, and then have it develop over the course of the trilogy. Hundred percent. And we already see the owl on that card that the Riddler uses. Come on I'm now, saying. you know you know he's hinting it. Come on, and then we'll get Talon at the end. Come on, let's get it. Julius, what villains would you like to see in the Batman? In the Batman, the movie or in the series? In the series. So imagine oh, it's a trilogy. Okay, so I the Court of Owls is really cool. I'd like to see, um, for sure, Mister Freeze at some point. That's one that I I've been waiting for uh, a proper version of that. Uh, Clayface would be cool. I don't know how uh, much wow. they're going to get into the comicy stuff, but Clayface would be a cool one. And uh, for good measure, throw in Mr. Pig in there. Or Professor Pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be wild. I love your guys' choices. For me, I know people might be tired of seeing him, but I never will. I want to see Matt Reeves' version of The Joker. I need to see it. If we are going to get a definitive Batman from him, I need to see the definitive counterpart. How... I mean, we will always be thinking, what if, if we never get to see The Joker? I think if The Joker is the third villain in the third movie... It would be epic. And to see Matt Reeves, the kind of director that he is, he would give us a crazy villain. I mean, just look at what he did with Woody Harrelson in War for the Planet of the Apes. What a diabolical villain. I would love to see his take on the Joker. Thank you so much for that, Rose Strange, for that question. Let's move on to our last Instagram questions, and then we'll get to our personal questions uh, to soups from us. So this comes from Logan Woon. What are your thoughts on Marvel's new line of movies and TV shows? Matt, what do you think? Oversaturation or are you excited for everything? Oversaturation? Who's complaining about oversaturation? <laughs> We're about to get a Marvel, an, an episode of new Marvel content every single week for the, for the rest of our lives. Yeah, baby, I'm yeah. Oversaturation. So, dude, Marvel's doing it right, man. Like, they got Disney Plus at, the, at their disposal. They're ready to unload on that. They still have their movies coming out. I mean, this is, this is really getting ridiculous, dude. Like... Seven shows coming out this year and four movies. Seven live action shows mm-hmm. and four movies. And not to mention that the shows aren't no CW shows. They are, you know, <laughs> blockbuster uh, shows. A hundred million plus dollar, a hundred, a hundred million, a hundred million plus budget shows. The ad said 3,000. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. So like Marvel's doing it right, man. They, and again, when you have fa- a fans, behind your creative work you're going to succeed kevin feige again ben, ben affleck funny enough came out recently and said that ben affleck or that kevin feige is the greatest movie producer and most successful of all time 100 percent. hard to argue that with his yeah. resume and now moving forward as long as he's at the head of things over there at marvel and they still you know continue to press on and continue to plan out this universe from the beginning because they, they said recently that they have their universe planned till like 2028 2029 so again their formula works. And the fact that they're still going out there and pioneering and trying new things like WandaVision, something we've never seen before from a Marvel project. And now they're experimenting with like the Eternals, a completely new lineup of superheroes. That's so, just so diverse and it's going to be huge. Again, I have full faith in Marvel. Their, credi- their credibility is there. And that's why when we're at the beginning of a, of a movie theater and we hear that Marvel intro and we see that Marvel intro form on the screen, we know we're in for a, ra- we're in for a ride. We know the movie's going to be freaking amazing. Exactly. Right. When you hear that music, you just start yelling. I mean, I don't know how your experience has been with WandaVision so far, but when those episodes start and you hear that music and you see those new visuals, you're just like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Love it, man. 
Julius, I know we did an yeah. episode on all these announcements. Briefly, what is your reaction to everything announced? Um, I get being worried on the uh, during the first year. But a decade after, plus, <laughs> I don't see any reason to be worried. I know people get worried about, for example, the Spider-Man film. People are worried that there's so much in it. Look, you got Endgame. You, we, we're, we got to the end of the first book of the MCU, essentially. I'm ready for the second book to start. I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I feel like the amount of shows and the amount of types of shows that they're announcing, it's just something for everyone. It's something for literally everyone. Every type of, like, look at WandaVision. WandaVision can cater to fans of old television, old school television. And then it seems like they're doing generational things. So 50s, 60s, and so on. So I just feel like the more the merrier. And uh, yeah, bitch, let's bring it on. I love fun. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Logan Moon, thank you so much for the question. Simply, the MCU has been consistent for 12 years now. 12 years now, it is unheard of. 22-plus movies. Now we're dealing with series. I'm excited for every single project. I mean, down to just the casting alone. Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Ethan Hawke as the villain. You know, Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk. Yes! I'm excited for every single project that they're doing because for the past 12 years, they've had my trust because they know how to serve the story and fulfilling them with incredible characters. I cannot be more grateful for everything that the MCU is presenting to us. Great question. Thank you so much. Let's move on to our last user submitted question. This comes from the Fancast Central. Who do you see being the new big three going forward in the MCU? Soups, who do you want to see as the new top dogs of the MCU? Well, I think moving forward, their universe has gotten so massive that there's not going to be a big three. There's not going to be a big three, you know, in their next Avengers Endgame level movie that where, where they were going to assemble their entire universe to try to top Endgame at the box office. We're going to have the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Avengers, the Young Avengers potentially. And then you have all of the other characters outside there. We have Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss um, Marvel, Captain Marvel. We have an entire universe coming together. And who knows by then when they do that movie, how many characters are going to be introduced. So I don't think there's going to be a big three. I think the universe has just gotten so massive that the individual movies are going to focus on specific groups of characters. You know, Doctor, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There we have Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch. Um, and we have characters popping up here and there across all of these Disney Plus shows. I mean, WandaVision, we're still we're only two episodes in, but I can guarantee you that we're going to see some familiar faces in that show. So that's going to be the way they navigate this universe by continuing to lean on the connectivity of it, by continuing to have characters pop up. In Spider-Man 3, we're going to see Doctor Strange in there. In um, Thor Love and Thunder, we're going to see the Guardians of the Galaxy in there. So now moving forward, I don't, one, the Avengers aren't even a thing moving forward now. The Avengers aren't a thing after Endgame. So now moving forward, the team, someone is going to have to bring them together, whether it's Hulk or whoever the case may be. But, at, you know, the universe is just too big at this point that I don't think there's going to be the top three anymore. Yeah, I love the way you look at it. And I love that it like transitions from Iron Man, Thor and Cap as the big three. And now we're moving on to like the big three groups, like what you said, yeah. Fantastic Four, yeah. X-Men yeah. and Avengers. That is lit as hell. Julius, 
Do you think there will be yeah. a big three? And if there are, if there is going to be a big three, who do you think, who do you see those big three characters being? Well, I agree with a lot of what uh, Matthew said, but I don't think there should be a big three. I think there should be a big four. I want the Fantastic Four as the heart, the new heart cinematic universe. I think it's long overdue. We saw their films. They're treated like dog shit. And they, <laughs> they are. They I mean, are the, they are the team that essentially started Marvel Comics and turned the Marvel Universe into what it is. They deserve mad respect. I think people are really underestimating what their impact is going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It makes sense to get this team as the actual heart. Like, they make up an Iron Man, essentially, in terms of narrative, I imagine. I feel like their presence is so important and so redefining to the MCU. Um, I just need them to be those characters that... Uh, I mean, the first uh, three phases uh, on up until Endgame were about family, about building up family. Now, this is the actual family core group. Yes. Sure, I'm really excited for X-Men and uh, the new uh, era of Avengers with the young Avengers and stuff, but I think the Fantastic Four is what makes them one of the most iconic teams in comics is that they are timeless. I mean, people were saying, get me a movie of, the, of them set in the 60s. Get me a movie of them set in the modern day, in the future, in, in the past, in multiverses. It just shows how versatile those characters are i think the the big three should be the big four and i think that they're just it has to happen you know if you're gonna have dr doom as the next big baddie who's gonna be the next big good guy it's gotta be reed richards it's gotta be him dude i love that idea man i love that so much you are a genius julius i gotta see that fantastic four as the big four for me, as the as the t big three for sure, I think the most popular characters for sure would be Spider-Man for sure. I think Johnny Storm would definitely be another big one. And the third one, I think, for the big three in terms of popularity, Spider-Man, Human Torch, Wolverine, without a doubt. I think those are going to be the top three in terms of popularity. But who I would like to see as the big three in terms of story would for sure be Reed Richards, without a doubt, because I think he will be the next Tony Stark of this universe, who's not just trying to save the universe, but to save the multiverse. The second person that I want to see as the big part of the big three is Scott Summers, Cyclops. He is a natural born leader, and it's about time that he gets the respect that he deserves. I love Scott Summers so much. And yeah. I think the third one for sure um, actually might be Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is somebody who is able to protect the multiverse. I want to see him as part of the big three. So that's my big three for sure. Reed Richards, Doctor Strange, and Cyclops. And I think if you have those three characters collaborating together in a room, maybe creating their form of the Illuminati. Yes, baby. Yes. That's exactly what I want to see. Well, thank you guys so much. Those are our user-submitted questions. We're going to end with one final question from each. Personally, uh, Julius and me, myself, to Matt. Let's get started. Julius, what is your question to Matt to conclude the episode? So one, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, my question is to you, obviously, since you're the guest, but also since you are a big Spider-Man fan, um, that's your, your guy, obviously. Mm -hmm. How long do you think that Tom Holland should be playing Spider-Man in the MCU? So, dude, I think they should 
drag out Tom Holland's Spider-Man. <laughs> so, so he's an, an adult married with kids, man. Like, mm-hmm. I think when it's all said and done, Tom Holland with, will without a doubt be the best Spider-Man because at that point, we would have seen a 15-year-old kid and get being recruited into the MCU by Tony Stark. We would have seen that same kid grow up, you know, to have those adventures throughout high school, throughout college, as an adult with more responsibility, with, you know, mentoring Miles Morales, having kids. I want to see, I want to see, what I really want to see is I want to see three trilogies. One ending now with Spider-Man 3. Another of him in college. Maybe he meets, that's where he meets Harry. Maybe, who knows? I want to see another trilogy in college. And then I also want to see a final trilogy of him as an adult. Where there you just unload on all the Spider-Man lore. You unload on all of the characters you've built up over the past two trilogies. And again, that's something we've never seen before with the Spider-Man franchise. But that's what Spider-Man is like that's what he's meant for he's meant to have that multiple character like that multiple time time era arc because you know he's he has adventures as a high school kid as a college kid as an adult and all of these adventures are so different so i want to see that play out over time and i want tom holland to be playing spider-man for as long marvel can possibly keep him yeah i agree completely he you know spider-man is that character that yeah his life continues and more problems add on and that makes it harder for him to be a superhero and he really is this for all intents and purposes the heart of marvel comics so i completely, 1000 percent completely yeah and if they're definitely like modeling this version of spider-man after the harry potter franchise where we got to see daniel radcliffe as a kid grow up to be you know the ultimate wizard I would love to see that same journey for Tom Holland. And I think he's going to play him for as long as he possibly can. And I think by the very end, it's going, it's, he's going to be the definitive Spider-Man for sure. Especially, especially if Tobey Maguire and Andrew come in to help him to shape him to be the best of all three. You know what yeah. I mean? I think, I think that would be absolutely beautiful. But here is my question to you, Matt. Uh, we'll conclude after this. Who are you most excited to see enter the MCU? The X-Men or the Fantastic Four? For me, I am most excited to see the Fantastic Four into them. Yes! (laughs) Look, look, I love the X-Men. I cannot be more excited to see Cyclops actually done right. The natural born leader, what Captain America is to the Avengers, Cyclops is to the X-Men. And I cannot wait for Marvel to introduce the mutants and Charles Xavier and Magneto. Magneto is my favorite villain of all time in both Marvel and DC. (laughs) So I cannot wait to see those characters done right. But for me, the, it's, the Fantastic Four are long overdue in this universe, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. This is a universe that's built around family. They literally said it at Disney Investor Day talking about how this universe was built on, the rela- on its relationships. Mm. And with, when, you have, you know, when you lose a character like Tony Stark and Captain America in Avengers Endgame, where again, we're going to see them come back at some point, but they're not going to be in the same spotlight that they were back then. So now losing Tony Stark, Reed Richards is that guy. Reed Richards is that guy that when the entire universe is collapsing, he's going to be the one putting his brain to work, collaborating with different heroes to try to figure out a game plan to take down and address any obstacle that's in their way. And then on top of that, these characters are just, this is a, a group of four characters that are all so diverse. You know, you have Reed Richards, the smart wise veteran leader 
Then you have Johnny Storm, the young, reckless. You know, he just, he doesn't think. He just acts hothead. And then you also have the thing, which is like the, the enforcer, the guy who like keeps the group together. But, you know, he, he also has quite the temper. And then you also have Sue Storm, the kind of like the mother of the group, keeping all of the kids together. So I am just beyond excited to see the Fantastic Four into the MCU. I think they're really going to be done right. They're going to be done justice. And they're going to be one of the core aspects of this universe. So as excited as I am to see the X-Men and the way Marvel does the X-Men, I am most excited to see the Fantastic Four into this universe. Awesome, man. Well, I love to hear it. I love your perspective. And again, before we officially close off, Matt, dude, thank you so much. I truly appreciate not just who you are, but I appreciate for you sharing your time with us and making our content even greater, man. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast. I love doing this. I can do this all day with you, but we know you are busy doing your own things and creating and changing lives. Please let our audience know where can they find you and what are you up to? So guys, if you're interested in some more superhero content, I have been posting nonstop now that WandaVision has started. You guys can find me over there on TikTok at with at Soups on TikTok on YouTube. You can find me Soups. We're about to hit 100K over there on YouTube. So make sure to go check me out over there on Instagram, underscore Soups, underscore on Twitch, Soups Streams. And on Twitter, at The Real Soups. So you guys can check me out on all of these different social media platforms. Again, I'm posting on all of them very consistently. The content is nonstop. And your boys got to go to work. But I just want to thank you guys for having me on this podcast. It was truly an honor to be able to come on here, talk some more superheroes again, express our passions. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. And I'm going to let you guys end it. But thank thank you, you. Appreciate you, man. Hopefully we get to talk with you again. And if you do share the video, bless you, bro, because that's awesome. And I can't wait to have further theories with you, man, talking in the future. For sure, homie. Thank you, bro. Hey, thank you again. The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.